It's episode 112 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks as always for joining us on this episode of the Keto for Women show, another hot seat episode. This time we're talking all about supplements, the good, the bad, and the ugly about your supplements that you're taking or that you're not taking. All the good stuff coming at you. First, really quick, just one announcement. Actually, it's not an announcement. It's yet another teaser, which I always seem to do when Kristen's in the room. She must think I'm just a big tease. You are. You've never seen anything actually come out of this. Nope. We're still working on it. Just kidding. We have a teaser that will actually be a thing. And that is, you know, I've been talking about the mindset piece of this whole health puzzle for quite a while now. And you all know I have something great coming at you really soon. Ooh, I'm so excited. But even before that, we have something that's coming real, real soon that also has to do with the mindset, a little more of a coaching type session, basically what I do here on the podcast times a million, like super intense coaching session on particular topics. That's going to be coming up really soon. It will be about mindset, but as it relates to your diet, your body, your eating habits, all that stuff that we go into here, kind of, I guess, on the surface level here on the podcast, we're going to deep dive into all that with a nice coaching series coming up very shortly. So please be on the lookout for that. There will be an interest list coming at you soon if it's not already up by the time this airs. So you can go to seanminer.com and check on that. It's going to be so fun. I get to talk to you all a little deeper about these topics that I know a lot of you are struggling with. I cannot wait. Such an important piece, right? It's like my favorite. It really has become my favorite thing to talk about lately. And it's something that has come out of, you know, like my entire career has been this like learning experience, like fitness led me into nutrition and then nutrition now is leading me into mindset because it's like you have to do all of it to be this truly healthy person. And it's like, yeah, nutrition is a very important part. But if you don't have your mindset dialed in as it relates to your nutrition or your exercise or your life, your health, your body, all that stuff, then you're kind of wasting your time. You got to do all of it. It's true. And it's a practice. So it's just so funny how this all leads me into one another. And I cannot wait to help you all with that because something near and dear to my heart, something I absolutely had to do for my own health and wellness, which you all know by now. So be on the lookout for that. But today we're going to take it back a notch and talk about supplements. Oh, supplements. I feel like it's quite the interesting topic. We got some excellent questions. Per the usual. Like really just super insightful questions. I think before we get into those questions, we have a couple kind of like caveats to say. The first thing that I want to say on both my and Kristen's behalf is that we are by no means experts on supplements. And I don't even know really if there is anybody that's an expert on supplements unless you are someone that your only job is to read literature and studies and whatever that comes out on a daily basis about supplementing things. And there are a few people. I don't know them, but they probably exist. They sure do, but it's very few. But it's not us. But what we do know just being nutritionist and being in a practice, but then also our own cases is finding out more information for yourself and for the supplements that you are taking or want to take. It's just being more informed person. And especially when it comes to the health status that you are trying to achieve, which we're all doing here as Keto for Womeners, trying to get to this best place of health that we can is about being more informed. So that's what we're going to do for you all today. We should mention, though, that there is nothing that a supplement 
can do that replaces what your diet and lifestyle choices do for you. So you cannot take a supplement because you don't want to go out in the sun or because you don't want to work on your stress reduction or because you don't feel like eating vegetables. You can't do that. It has to come from a place of knowing what you are doing as far as your diet and your lifestyle. And if you still need some additional support beyond what you are already doing, knowing that you're doing your absolute best with those choices, that is where supplements can come in. So really important to know that. And when I say lifestyle choices, I mean, number one, of course, is food. Mm -hmm. Making sure you're choosing nutrient-dense food choices, getting a wide variety of foods and meats and fruits and nuts and seeds and all that stuff that has actual nutrition in it for the most part. Of course, there's going to be times where you eat things that are kind of empty and that's okay too. But the majority of of your food choices have lots of nutrients in them. They're nice and colorful too. And then second, most important, your stress. Like I could not talk about this enough, but it is actually amazing. We just did a bunch of research too before this episode recording to look at how many nutrients are depleted when your body is under stress. And it's like the five most important ones. You know, it is super important to really work on your stress reduction because just that right there could take away pretty much all of the supplements you're taking. If you can actually get that under control, even things that are you think are just working to help your digestion or your gut, it really stems from a place of your body being under stress. So that's another one. Of course, proper sleep all goes into that getting sun exposure. Of course, we know vitamin D is super important, an essential part of being a healthy human. And a lot of us are depleted in that. So making sure that you can get sun when it's out. And of course, there's going to be times for pretty much all of us in the year where either you are hard at work and you're in the office and you can't go outside or it's winter or you live in a place where it's cloudy most of the time, that's going to happen and we can supplement at that time. But when you have the ability to get some sun, get outside, super important. And then movement, of course, too, healthy movement, working out, getting stronger, building up the support system of your bones and joints, all that is really important too. Okay, so that's caveat number one. I'm Dr. Megan Sachs. And I'm Dr. Amy Sloshberg. And we're the host of the podcast Campus Killings. Our show covers some of the most sinister crimes to take place on or around school campuses. Or the cases we discuss have a school-connected theme. And with the new school year comes an all-new second season of Campus Killings, which will debut on September 16th, 2023. But if you want to listen to Campus Killings now, you can binge all the episodes from season one. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts. The second caveat is that while I'm not a pill pusher and while I do believe that you have to do the work with your diet and lifestyle choices first, I do think there are cases that people need to take something, whether it's a short-term support, like I said, an aid in getting something back on track that you're working towards, whether it is your gut health or your hormone health, something along those lines where it's more of a shorter term case, you know what's going on in your body, you're doing all the work, but then you're also aiding that, supporting that process, or you know that you have to take something as a preventative measure for future long-term health. And that's something that you have researched, that you know about yourself and would be beneficial in addition to all these other things you're doing to take as a preventative measure. And then in both of those cases, we can use supplements as symptom relief to either sleep a little better or feel a little less stressed not get bloated after we eat every meal. It really can work in those ways too. So while I'm not a pill pusher, I don't believe that people should be taking handfuls of pills, which both Chris and I have done many, many times in our lives. I think I've taken like every supplement out there at some point in the past like five, six years. But the end goal is to not have to do that. So this is all with the idea that these are going to be short-term cases, symptom relief, and potentially taking, you know, one or two things for long-term considerations. So that's that. If I may add one more thing. Please do. Also, 
I think the there's going to be overlapping themes. We hear this with nutrition, but also with supplements that it everything is within context. And just because a certain supplement works for your friend or someone recommends it does not mean it's good for you or that your body needs it or, or whatever. So it is always in context of what are you dealing with? What are your goals? All those things. Well, it's apply. pretty much what we say in every single episode. I know. I feel like a broken record sometimes. We are. But it takes the reminder that just because this is working for somebody or someone told you to take this or you read some blog and said this is good for that, if you're taking it and it's not working, then it's not working. You have to take everything into account with your own body and what your body is reacting to versus not reacting to. Again, same thing with food and everything else we talk about. So yeah, that's really great to point out. And then the last thing that I want to say is that this information that we share today, like it might all change tomorrow. It's just like supplements. There's something about supplements. They're super confusing for consumers because there's so many brands. There's so many promises. There's so many like, you must take this for this to happen. You're probably deficient in this. So take this. And then the next day it all changes. Well, as with nutrition, the science behind all this stuff is very young. We're constantly discovering new things. And to make matters a little more foggy is that there are, you know, interests behind everything that aren't necessarily good, mm-hmm. right? When there's money and marketing behind an industry, then we're going to get very confused. It's just how it is. Yeah. And I mean, the same thing, like it's confusing for consumers, but it's equally as confusing for practitioners. Yeah. You know, like I said, unless you're someone that is their only job is to research this stuff and to make the changes as the evidence changes, then there's always going to be some gray area for all of this stuff that any practitioner is telling you. So be on the lookout for that. And we are the same way. We try to keep up to date on this stuff because we enjoy it. But like I said, new stuff comes out every day. We'll find this out when we talk about probiotics. I think Kristen has some new stuff that she has found out very recently to share. So just know that. Just take all of this and use it as information, not as gospel, and do your own homework. Yeah. Commit to being an informed consumer and stay educated. Do you have anything else to add before no, we No, I think these? we should dive in. Let's do it. Okay, cool. First up, we've got one from Amanda. How do you know which ones are good and how to avoid the junky ones? Love this question. This is, I think, if it's not a question on everyone's mind, it probably should be. So thank you, Amanda, for starting us off. I mean, we could probably have a whole episode just Mm -hmm. on this topic because it's pretty important. So the reason why we should care is because of basically how the FDA treats supplements. They are in a category of safe until proven guilty type situations. So a supplement product can go on the market and stay on the market until there is a problem, essentially, until someone gets sick or hurt or dies or something like that, and then they get pulled. So there's- or, or something is caught with like a mislabel or like okay. the ingredients listed on the label are not truly what's inside the supplement or something like that. Right. And whereas... In the case of an actual pharmaceutical, there is rigorous testing that that product has to go through to determine that it's safe and effective before being put on the market. So it's totally different process between supplements versus actual medication, even though there are a lot of people and even doctors recommending supplements over medication these days, just the possible efficacy and quality is much different between the two. Well, what's super scary, and I hear my brother, who is a doctor, saying this in my mind, is that a lot of supplements can have equally as negative and bad reactions as Mm -hmm. taking a a pharmaceutical drug. So people, I think, think that they can take supplements and they're less potent or, you know, they're not as, as quote unquote bad, but they really can do some damage too. So... That's why we need to know what we're taking, why we're taking it, how much to take, all that stuff. Now, the cool thing within the supplement market is that there are different grades of supplements. Now, it's not something that's going to be like blasted on the label or anything like that necessarily because, again, there's no regulation as to how these companies market their product. But you can do the research to find out what grade of supplements you're taking. And we'll go over 
which one is the best in just a minute, but the different categories are pharmaceutical grade, medical grade, and cosmetic or nutritional grade. Now, obviously the pharmaceutical grade is the highest form. They are third party tested and they have the highest standards for purity, absorption, and bioavailability. Now, the key with the pharmaceutical grade supplements is that they are typically only sold by healthcare providers because those companies that have the pharmaceutical grade and do the third-party testing, they're so protective of their product and they know the strong impact that it can have on people's health. So they want them to be monitored only by a healthcare professional. They don't want them to be on the store shelves. So the ones that you are seeing on the store shelves are typically the cosmetic or nutritional grade supplements, which is that kind of that third last category of those grades. So really the best bet, and I say this, of course, as a healthcare professional that works with pharmaceutical grade supplements only, of course, the best bet is to get a recommendation from a healthcare professional for many reasons, but of course, they have access to the brands that aren't on store shelves. Like a lot of these brands, you can't obviously go to the store, but you also can't get them from Amazon or um, you shouldn't get them from Amazon if you can, red flag, but you can't just get them from online stores either. You have to go through someone that you are working with. And so, of course, Working with that, not only are you going to get access to those recommendations, but you're also going to get the benefit of a healthcare professional who knows your history, knows your current situation, has done some testing, hopefully, on the exact supplements that you need, which we're going to talk about again in the future. But when it comes to the junky ones, in air quotes, versus the professional high-quality ones, again, that grade is going to be important. And the best way is to work with someone that knows. Well, now, so what about for folks who aren't working with someone at the moment and say they just need some vitamin D or something basic, some zinc or something, what would you recommend? Well, this is a good time to do your own research then, become your own investigator. So whether you already have something that you're taking that you is now in your cabinet, go to their website, do your research, call on Dr. Google, find out more about that company and its standards and what it uses in its products, be more informed. So the cool thing is with these pharmaceutical grade and even the medical grade, they're going to be pretty open about what they do, their process, their purity, their third-party testing, all of that, because they want you to know how good they are. So it's not going to be fluff. It's going to be verified testing. It's going to show you all of the information. They're going to be very open. I've even called companies before and talked to people and asked them questions about their processes and about their supplementation recommendations and all that stuff. So Again, if you are using a company that has high quality standards, they're going to want you to know, and they're not going to provide you with all this fluff. So that's what I would do if you aren't currently working with somebody. Yeah, cool. But you can also, and I don't know a whole lot about this testing, but they do have what's called USP testing and it's US Pharmacopoeia verified. It's a big green seal. It will be again on the labels. Again, take it with a grain of salt. But this is a independent not-for-profit organization that works to set public standards for the quality of supplements, dietary supplements. So they do test to confirm that what is on the label is what's actually in the product and then also on potency and purity. So at least you know that you're getting what you're paying for. It's not a bunch of fillers and other random stuff, random ingredients. At least you know that what is in that little pill is what is said on the ingredient label. So that's another thing that you can be on the lookout for. I would just say, again, take it with a grain of salt. Don't let that be the only research you do, but that's a good place to start. If you see that green label and that USP certified, you can kind of go from there and then see what that company is doing otherwise to make sure that they have really good high quality standards for their ingredients in their products. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I think I'd like to share my two favorite 
resources that I think people would really dig. They're both unbiased, independent resources run by a couple guys who are really into testing and they both test supplements and make recommendations. And you can even look up supplements and see kind of how they rank against other supplements that these guys have tested. So I would say, and we'll put these in the show notes for everybody, but examine.com is one and the other is labdoor.com, two really, really good resources. Yeah. And I think one thing we also should mention in this portion of the podcast is make sure you are reading the ingredient labels for your supplements just as closely as you read your food labels because they put some weird stuff in supplements. Even if they are the high quality ones, there's just some stuff that you're like, I don't want to take that. Good point. Well, and especially if you're following a particular diet or avoiding something like dairy, if you're lactose intolerant or gluten or something, those are hidden in a lot of supplements. And I've even had practitioners recommend a supplement for me, either forgetting that I'm lactose intolerant or not realizing there's milk in a product and I've taken it and it's caused some not good things. So Mm -hmm. definitely you have to be your own best advocate, even if a practitioner is recommending something to you. They don't know all the ins and outs of your diet and what you're avoiding and stuff like that. So important. All right. So hopefully now you can kind of decide which ones are junky and which ones aren't. Again, of course, it's hard. It's super hard with the marketing and all the stuff that goes on in these industries, but just be informed. Well, speaking of marketing, this next slew of questions are about probiotics. I feel like that's a a real... (laughs) This is opening a whole can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just go ahead and read all of them together and then we can discuss. But the first one's from Laura. All things probiotics daily, rotate brands and types, best time to take. Those are some good good Mm -hmm. questions. And then Emily, should I take a probiotic forever? And Amy, supplements to take before and after antibiotics. All good questions. I think probiotics are something that people, it's just like such a buzz thing right now. And and for good reason, they are super important, but it makes people really confused because they don't know what, when, how much, forever, like tons of information out there. And you just found out some new stuff, some latest research in the probiotic world that I was not even aware of because I haven't thought about probiotics and doing the research in like a couple months. Yeah, there were two studies that came out earlier this year that kind of reiterated things we already knew, but also had a few findings that contradicted what we thought previously about probiotics. And I think the two big ones is that, well, one, we thought, you know, when you take antibiotics, typically those wipe out a lot of your gut bacteria. And what we thought was, oh, we'll take probiotics during and after antibiotic use to help combat that problem. And what one of these studies found is that actually taking a probiotic during and after antibiotic use prolongs your gut's ability to recover, sometimes upwards of five months. So the body itself is very resilient and great at recovering on its own. So that was an interesting one. And then the second one is that that probiotics don't necessarily colonize in the gut. So we typically are taking them thinking, well, we're trying to adjust the balance of good versus bad bacteria. So if we take these probiotics, the good will rise up and the bad will get killed off. We found that that really doesn't happen, that the benefits of probiotics mainly happen in a transient way. So as they're moving through, they don't necessarily stay and colonize. So They're not useless by any means. We still, you know, we've had hundreds of randomized placebo controlled human clinical trials that show probiotics are very, you know, effective for certain conditions, but not so much for changing the gut microbiome. And still always going to be a good way for, like I talked about, the symptom relief. Really great for people that have bloating constipation, diarrhea. I've seen it help so much in all of those cases. Taking a good dose of high quality probiotics really does help with overall symptom relief of the gut. Yeah. I mean, I've personally seen great benefits with taking probiotics, but I think as we were saying at the top of the show, diet and lifestyle are still the most potent modulator of gut microbiome and that, you know, everybody's different. So it's very difficult to 
tell somebody to recommend a certain probiotic to somebody because two people could take the same thing. They'd have the same symptoms and react completely differently to that same probiotic. So they're not all created equal. Just like the last question, they're very limited regulation for probiotics and the quality. So it's another kind of watch out Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. So knowing that information, again, this is like brand new research. Who knows if in another year or two, we're going to find out the opposite. You know, that's the case with these kinds of situations. It's still, like Kristen said, such a baby field, I guess. It's still so much that goes overlooked or unresearched that we still are finding out new information all the time. But what I know is that I've seen a lot of great stuff come out from the people that I work with. And when they do take certain probiotics over others, when they do, of course, also work on their diet and lifestyle, and then add in these probiotics, add in the fermented foods, there's some great things that come from people and healing their gut by adding in these things. So I don't think it's something where all of a sudden we think we don't need probiotics or shouldn't be taking them or they're useless by any means, of course. But now we just have a little bit more to consider. So I still kind of go by what I see in practice and what I see help people, which is that daily probiotics do really help people, whether it is just the symptom relief or there's something else going on and it is providing that support. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I can't be in the gut. We, we probably have no idea still why they're so helpful. Yeah. So I really think that if you are someone that feels like your gut isn't where it should be health-wise, or you do have like mood disorders, skin conditions, your stools aren't regular, there's a whole host, even hormonal health still does well by supporting the gut as much as possible, which includes probiotics. I prefer daily. I also prefer to tell people, and I've seen really great things come out of people rotating their brands and types. That goes for rotating on a daily basis, if you'd like, and can do that if you can have multiple jars in your fridge at the same time, or going brand to brand. So spending 30 days on one brand, then going to 30 days of a different brand. I think that works really well too. Again, it depends on you. Here's my take on that. So you might react differently to different brands. So for me, you know, I like taking them like 30 days at a time because if I start to bloat or, you know, some of the symptoms you can watch out for is like, you know, bowel movement frequency and quality of stool and bloat and stuff like that, how you feel, even like anxiety and Mm -hmm. brain fog, all of those symptoms, I would keep a log and really look for those symptoms to tell whether a probiotic is working for you or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I've now done that research. I know the ones that work really well for me. So now I just keep all of them around and I just take whatever looks good that day. (laughs) So what do you do? Like what Laura's asking best time to take, what's your regimen? I prefer taking them myself and telling people to take them at night before bed. Because a lot of times, especially if you are taking a new probiotic or new strains that you haven't ever taken or taken in a while, you can have a little bit of bloating or some sort of GI distress at the beginning, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's actually good. It's part of the incorporation of your gut microbiome. But can come across as gas or bloating, something like that. And if you're taking it at night, you won't feel it. You won't even notice. Your partner might. Your partner might wake up, (laughs) but you'll be sound asleep. So so that's what I prefer. Although I really don't think it matters all that much. Whatever is the easiest way for you to remember to take them is the most important thing. But if you go to the fridge and get your water before bed, also take it with probiotic. It's that easy. So for folks, because, you know, probiotics are expensive. Mm -hmm. So for folks who are on a budget or trying to decide whether to eat their probiotics Mm -hmm. or take them, like what would you recommend? Which would you prioritize? Would you say eating ferments first and taking something as uh, complementary or supplementary to that? I still think both are needed, but if you are on a budget and you want to really stretch out your probiotics, take them every two or three days. And then those other days, use your fermented foods. It's almost like another way of rotating. 
use your fermented foods as another part of your rotational schedule. What ferments do you have in your fridge right now? Always the sauerkraut. Oh, my Always. Babe. Usually two servings a day because I love it. I mean, it's great that it's also doing good things for my gut, but I love it. And then kombucha too, which is more of a once a week type thing. I'll have a quarter to half a bottle and call that yumminess. Yeah. What about you? Ooh, I'm really into, I think it's, is it Kite Hill? And what's the cashew? There's like a cashew yogurt. Forager? Forager. Both are like, have zero added sugar. They're delicious. I've tried, yeah, camel's milk. I've tried camel's milk. Oh, I know you have too. Kefir. Yeah, kefir. Ooh, yeah. We have a local farm that does that. So Emily's asked, should I take a probiotic forever? What's your take on that? I personally say, yeah. I mean, until there becomes a better way to know what's going on with your microbiome and to have a really good, solid test to determine that and to know that everything's a-okay, I think supporting your microbiome as best as possible until that day comes, which maybe never or not in our lifetimes, go for it. Well, it's like you say too, I think forever, however, with a little asterisk, maybe, you know, every once in a while, take a break and see how you do. And Mm -hmm. if stuff changes, then there's some feedback for you on what to do next. And it may take a few weeks before anything changes because while they may be transient, they will stick around for a little bit of time. They won't necessarily colonize and stay forever, but they'll stick around. So the first few days are like, oh, great. My digestion's perfect. No bloating. I feel awesome. And then a week down the road, you start noticing those changes. Things slow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah, stay up with the research. <laughs> yeah. Do your own because it's always changing. So this may be totally negated in a matter of a week. And then as to Amy's question, supplements to take before and after antibiotics, Now, because of this new research, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would have told you to take probiotics, specifically Saccharomyces boulardii, but now I have no idea what to tell you. I do. I say you sleep as much as you possibly can. That is the best thing you can do for your gut. That is true. And you can, regardless, eat your fermented foods, right? Right. Eat fermented foods and take a bunch of naps. Bone broth. All the good gut healing things. Mm Mm-hmm. While we're on the topic of high-quality professional-grade supplements, let me take this time to tell you all about why I'm so excited to be partnering with Care Of. Care Of is a subscription-based service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific health needs. And if that wasn't cool enough, Care Of makes sure what you're putting into your body comes from the best sources backed by honest guidance and transparency all available to you right on their website. And like I just said, that is so important when it comes to finding the supplements that work best for you and that you can trust. That for me was absolutely essential. So Carob's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices and takes only five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. You answer easy questions like how much sleep you're getting, are you looking for more energy, do you need something to help with your weight management, how healthy are your hair, skin, and nails, it gets really personalized. I had so much fun taking my quiz and was very pleasantly surprised with the detailed questions they asked. It made me feel like I was answering my own nutritional therapy questionnaire that I give to my clients. And based on my quiz results, Carov recommended I work on my brain health, stress response, and fitness level, all which I totally agreed with. Now, every day, I'm taking a packet of pills curated just for me to work on these specific things. The best part, these little packets are so cute and customized. They even say your name on them. And for me, I really look forward to these fun facts and jokes and daily tasks that come printed on them. It makes it exciting to take my supplements in the morning. 
it can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking as we're talking about in this episode, but Care Of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. That makes me a big fan and I think you will be too. For 25% off your first Care Of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the coupon code KETO, the number four women. That's takecareof.com. Enter the code KETO, the number four women, and you get 25% off your first order. Thank you to Care Of for helping support this episode of the Keto for Women show. All right, let's move along here. Interactions. Ooh. Another great set of questions. Another group. Okay, Holly, how effective are supplements when you take them all at the same time? Ginny, can you take magnesium and calcium together? And Tiffany, how do you check for interactions when most doctors disregard this? Yes, big, huge topics that, again, huge caveat, we don't really know a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of stuff out there about this kind of thing. Going to Jenny's question first, can you take magnesium and calcium together? This is one of the more studied and more well-known interactions that can happen between supplements. So magnesium and calcium have the same receptor sites. So taking them together, they're going to compete for absorption. So they will be more effective, especially if you're taking a larger dose of one or the other taken separately. And this is kind of one of those things where you'll notice a lot of supplements, they have them together both taken in one pill form. So then it's like, oh, do I really trust this company? Do they know what they're talking about? Another kind of potential red flag. Why? It just blows my mind. Why would they do that? Because they're cheap. Drives me nuts. So that would take creating a whole nother uh, line. Well, take calcium with food and typically take magnesium without. Also important. Yeah. So that's Jenny's question. Holly, how effective are supplements when you take them all at the same time? Again, there's probably interactions that nobody even knows are happening at this point. So my consideration is if you need them and you can remember to take them, take them. If it has to be all at the same time for you to actually remember to take your supplements, which is the case for me, I am one of those people I remember about once a day and that's it. So take them all at the same time. And if your body needs them, those herbs, those minerals, those vitamins, that support, it's going to take them. If it doesn't, you're going to excrete them in your urine. So just keep that in mind. And again, not something that we really have the ability to know. So we really can't worry too much about it. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. We've got four fat soluble vitamins, mm -hmm. A, D, E, and K. So again, a lot of those come with some sort of a, a fat with them to help with absorption, but rule of thumb, take those with food as well. Cause typically you're going to have some fat in your food. And there's also a lot of things like zinc, for example, we're taking on an empty stomach oh, and you feel sick. <laughs> so yeah. I pretty much always recommend taking with food, unless there's a specific instance where being on an empty stomach is better. But that also helps people to remember like, oh, it's breakfast time. I'm also supposed to be taking my supplements along with this meal. So again, I'm more concerned with people remembering to take them, which I know is really hard. So whatever you can do to get them in. And then as far as Tiffany's question, how do you check for interactions when most doctors disregard this? First of all, yes, very interesting that most doctors don't even consider this. And I don't know if Tiffany's talking about interactions between supplements or interactions between medications and supplements. Probably both. So with medications and supplements, there actually is a lot of information and research. Does Dr. Google, again, type that in, especially if you are taking something and you want to know the supplement interactions with that particular medication, you can find it really easily. And I highly recommend that you do. If you are on any prescription medications and you also are either already taking supplements or considering taking supplements, do that research first so you know what you're getting yourself into. Of course, the medications that you have been prescribed by a doctor are the most important. So you want to make sure that you are thinking about that and then building your supplements around that. I'll tell you what, Tiffany, if anyone out there is an app builder, someone needs to come up with an app where you can just scan a supplement and then it tells you, or you input all the supplements you're taking and then it tells you. Tells you what time yes. to take what. 
or and what interact like don't take this with this and Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be great you've been saying that for years i know it's (laughs) it's really complicated it's way too complicated yeah that would be a really long task for somebody but if you're an app builder or know somebody who is and take this idea please and make it happen yeah that would be so awesome because there are a lot of interactions but like i said not well documented a lot of it is still unknown but just do your best and what's more important is the prescription medications to the supplements for sure cool all right now we get into some more specifics about what's needed if i have this going on all right up from abby how do i know which supplements my body needs are there basics almost everyone should be taking and then another one that's similar what's necessary versus what would be nice yeah, huge questions that again, we don't really know because we can't see inside of your body. We don't really know person to person. Everyone is, of course, so different. Now, what we do know, being practitioners, working with clients, knowing what's happened with our own bodies and all that stuff, we can tell you some of the most common things that are deficiencies. So these are things I see in a wide variety of people I work with, whether it was in my past one-on-one client base or now in my group courses. These things are very commonly, especially in women, deficient. Magnesium. Magnesium is one of the I mean, they have like 300 uses in the body for magnesium. So we often are deficient and become deficient very easily in today's world. You could potentially know that you are deficient in magnesium if you experience muscle cramps, which is very common in the keto world, those muscle cramps, because we are deficient in magnesium most commonly. If you have headaches and or migraines, fatigue, nausea, dizziness, irregular heartbeat, again, something that comes up sometimes in the keto community, and then they get their electrolytes in check and their heartbeat is great. So those are something to look for and consider magnesium if you have experienced or are experiencing any of those. Zinc, you will notice that your hair and nails are more brittle. If you're deficient in zinc, you get sick more often because you have a lower immune function and hormonal imbalance. I actually use zinc quite a bit to help ladies with low testosterone because it has been Mm. shown to increase testosterone. You know, every time my zinc levels get low, like my lips get dry. So I need more chapstick. That's a telltale sign. Always. Oh, I think when my zinc gets low, I get breakouts for some reason. Yeah, skin stuff is Mm -hmm. very much linked to zinc as well. So this is just, again, a super side note, but you can tell that Kristen and I have been doing this for a really long time and ourselves, and we're so interested in our own bodies and selves that, and this is where you guys should all maybe potentially strive to be if you're remotely interested, because then it's just like, you know, like, oh man, I haven't taken my zinc in a week got to start taking that again, need to go to the store and get some, you know, you really understand so much more about your body and what works and doesn't for you, which is always going to be the better question than what are the basics that everyone should be taking because who knows, right? But again, let's move on back to this list. Vitamin D. Many, many people are deficient in vitamin D. Again, like I mentioned, we're not getting the sun exposure we need. We're sitting in front of a computer in a desk with no windows all day, or we live in a climate that doesn't allow to get outside. Lots of different reasons, but we're low. A lot of us are low. Now, the only caveat here is that you have to get tested to know that you're low. I am one of those people that truly believes you've got to find out where you're starting from and where you need to get to know your dose and how much you're taking. So don't just think, oh, she said I'm low in vitamin D because almost everybody is. So I'm just going to start taking 10,000 IUs because that could really wreak more havoc on your body than being too low. You can also be too high in vitamin D. So keep that in mind and get tested. It's a very simple blood test to get done and then work with a health practitioner to understand what dosing would be right for you based on where you're starting. But if you have low energy and or hormonal imbalance, that's a typical sign of low vitamin D, especially that low energy. If you're just feeling like you're dragging all day, it's amazing what can happen if you supplement with vitamin D. Once you know that you're low, it's like within a week, 
you feel like a new person just because your vitamin D was so depleted. So keep that in mind. Next one is any sort of gut support. So that could be different things. It could be probiotics, like we mentioned. It could be your need to increase your stomach acid. It could be digestive enzyme support. There's a lot of different things that can help you get past your gut health issues and this gut dysbiosis that is common to GI distress. So if you are having digestive distress, skin issues, mood disorders or mental health imbalances, hormonal imbalances, inflammation, immune system dysregulation, all that stuff, it's a good idea to think about supporting your gut. Again, something I highly, highly recommend you test before you start throwing all the supplements at it, but we'll talk about that in just a second. And then your iron, something, again, that can be a common deficiency in women especially those that are cycling and losing blood every month. So keep that in mind. Again, something to get tested, which again, we'll talk about shortly. (laughs) But if you have fatigue, weakness, again, with the brittle hair and nails, low immune function, tingling in your hands and feet, and shortness of breath, those are potential signs of an iron deficiency. And then B vitamins, very common, low in women, might experience fatigue, brain fog, and again, with the tingling hands and feet. So you can see a lot of this stuff, the symptoms are very common. So it's really hard to know without knowing, which is what we're going to talk about next. This all just supports my case to get yourself tested. Spend a little bit of money to know what you're deficient in. You will save that money on your supplements because you will finally only be taking what you need and not just going to the store and buying random this and random that because you think you might be deficient in something or something else and you don't actually need that stuff. Well, and so what's necessary versus what's nice, I think we'll loop it back to the beginning of the show where we said necessary first and foremost, diet and lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? Because here's the deal. A lot of these deficiencies are caused by things like stress, you know, sleep deficiencies, stuff like that. So, you know, for magnesium and zinc, it could be that you need to work on, you know, stress modulation. And once you get that under control, your body can fix itself without supplementation. Or like Sean said before, you use it temporarily as a, you know, to help you get over the hump and then you're good to go and you don't need it. So don't just supplement to fix a symptom definitely dig in and figure out the root cause. And a lot of times it's lifestyle or diet related. Right. Yeah. And while you're working on that stuff, of course, it's okay to support your process with these supplements. One other thing I want to say is as far as anti-inflammatories, I think those are really great potentially to take for a short time to kind of regulate your inflammatory response, but then also to have around if you notice that maybe you're extra stressed and you're starting to get more inflamed, you're noticing more joint pain or more stiffness or water retention, those typical signs of inflammation, you can keep that around and just use them as like these short-term helpers, I think. So I think having either a really good high-quality fish oil and or a really good high quality turmeric slash curcumin. I take in both when I was going through my chronic inflammatory response syndrome. High doses of both of those helped me so, so, so much. Yeah. If you guys go check out examine.com, he actually talks about how curcumin is one of the most studied and been proven to be one of the most effective supplements out there for inflammation. So it's a good bang for your buck. Yes, I have taken both. I have my favorite brands of both. And this is a great time to share that this episode will have a PDF with all of my favorite brands, these pharmaceutical grade brands that I know like, and trust that I've used myself, that I've seen work on myself and many people, they're all in one document for you to look at. And you get access to my portal with a little special discount for all of you all too. Oh, so kind of you. Wait, how do people find this? It will be in the show notes of this episode, which you can go to however you're listening to right now, or you can go to seanminer.com podcasts, 
all the podcasts are listed, including this episode with the show notes. So easy. So easy. But anyway, back to this. But I also think the same thing goes for some sort of mood slash stress support. Again, something that you may need to take for a short term while you're getting your stress under control as a way to help, but then also something to have around, like have it in your back stock for these times of stress that are inevitably going to come up when you need some extra support or you're feeling a little more moody or something's going on. Use that and have that just in your back pocket. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about these tests. Okay. Test don't guess. You've said it a lot. Allison wants to know what test do you recommend before starting supplementation? Oh, I love this question. Thank you, Allison, for understanding that you need to test your body to really determine what is best for you, because that's what we all need to do. And that is really the moral of this entire episode and pretty much every episode we do here on Keto for Women. But there are a few that I love. First of all, as far as blood testing goes, test your vitamin D, like I mentioned. Also, you can test your thyroid in case you are thinking that there might be something going on with your thyroid and supporting that, which there are great herbal supports for your thyroid. Also some things that are contraindicated if you have some thyroid issues going on. So good to know that information. Iron, if you're going to test to find out if you are low in iron, make sure you are testing your iron and your ferritin. Those are the biggies when it comes to blood testing. You can do a NutraVal if you are working with a functional medicine practitioner, a functional nutritionist, a naturopath, anyone like that may have access and hopefully should have access to a NutraVal. That's NutraVal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. It's by a company called Genova. Yeah, it is kind of a little bit hard to say slash spell. Somebody was trying to get all creative with that one. Yeah, but it's a great test that looks at all of your deficiencies as far as vitamins and minerals and proteins and fatty acids. It's a really good comprehensive test. A little pricey, but again, we're talking about how much money you could be saving in your lifetime for taking supplements you don't need. So definitely worth the price if you think that you have some deficiencies going on. Uh, You are experiencing some of these random symptoms that could be zinc or it could be iron, it could be magnesium, it could be all three. Just find out. A less expensive option that honestly I don't know enough about to know if it's truly effective is the hair mineral analysis. That is something, again, that a more functional naturopathic type practitioner would potentially have access to. They will be able to tell you if that's something they recommend or not. I just know that it's out there as an option and you actually test your hair follicle for vitamins and minerals that could be deficient. So again, don't know much more about it than that, but I did want to put it out there for something that you all can ask your practitioner if that's what they recommend. If you want to test your gut, which I highly recommend as far as you can find out your inflammation level in your gut, you can find out your immune function within your gut, you can find out how many enzymes you're producing, how strong your stomach acid support is through a GI map. You can also find out if you have an overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria or fungus like yeast, parasites, protozoa, those kind of things. If you have something living in your gut that you shouldn't have and maybe causing distress, you can find that out through the GI map. Again, something you would get through that alternative healthcare practitioner. Hormones, of course, I always recommend testing, which includes your cortisol response that will give you an idea of your adrenal status, your progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, all that good stuff done through saliva or urine. Again, something we talk about quite often here on the Keto for Women show, a saliva or urine test for your hormones will be by far the most accurate, far, far, far in a way, most accurate. Those are the basics in my book to learn more about your individual needs. Do you have anything to add to that, Kristen? Well, no, No. I don't think so. The basics. I I just think, you know, when you get these tests done through your practitioner, 
ask a lot of questions. I think it's important to have someone help you interpret them as well. And I know with something like the NutriVal and even the GI map, the reports that you get include a lot of stuff that is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Right. So your practitioner can help weed out the fluff from what actually matters. And so, yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. So again, working with your practitioner who is knowledgeable is always going to be the best bet. We're not just saying that because we are practitioners. We're saying that because it is true. I have worked with many practitioners myself and always felt very guided by what was actually going on in my body and what I needed to take and spend my money on instead of throwing all the supplements at it. Always way better to know that stuff. All right, let's do this last one real quick. Okay, from Dusty, if you eat a nutrient-dense diet and take minerals that are needed, is a multivitamin really necessary? Ooh, I love this question because there are so many contradictory things going on out there where you absolutely must take a multivitamin and don't bother. It's a waste of money. And I am in the category of don't bother. It's a waste of money. Like almost always, it is a waste of money. There are multiple studies out there that have found that long-term use of multivitamins had zero health benefits, like did nothing for the person. Oh, what a dump. Yeah. What a waste of money. It's like a money pit. Now, however, when you were little, did you have to take those Flintstone chewables? Absolutely. Uh, it was like my favorite time of day. Yeah. They had a weird aftertaste though. They Well, they did because they were actually <laughs> vitamins and minerals in there, but they tasted good. Tasted better than just taking a pill. Well, I couldn't swallow a pill back then probably, but yeah, we grew up with all that BS marketing stuff. And, and it still exists today. The Flintstones? Well, I don't know if the Flintstones do, but there's all kinds oh, of gummies. The, the BS marketing, yes. And the BS marketing telling us that we absolutely have to take a multivitamin or else we're going to die like 20 years earlier. It's not true. It's marketing at its finest. I mean, if you go to the store, you can see how many brands and types of multivitamins there are. There's types for females. There are types of menopausal females. Then men and then men over 50 like there's, and kids and infants. There's all kinds everywhere. But a lot of these, again, remember the lack of regulation when it comes to these kinds of products. So a lot of these aren't absorbable. They're poor quality. You're not even digesting them well. So you're not even absorbing anything that's in them. It is much better and worth it to find out what you actually need. So Dusty mentioned, if you're taking the minerals that you know you need, and you're eating this nutrient-dense diet, well then, hey, you are good to go. Always take that approach. And then, hey, look, think about all this money you're going to save on these multivitamins you don't actually have to take. Now, what I will say, I'm going to just do a plug for a product that I absolutely love. And for years, I've considered this kind of nature's multivitamin, which of course is always, first and foremost, going to be the real deal, which is organ meat. Organ meat is packed with vitamins and minerals. And so we're talking like grass-fed, grass-finished liver or pasture-raised chicken liver, heart, brain, all that good stuff. I've never eaten brain. Don't plan on it. I don't think I've ever eaten heart either. Never say never. It's not going to happen. That's where I draw the line. Even if money was involved? I don't think I could do it. Huh. That doesn't... mm -mm. A million dollars? Well, maybe for a million Yeah, that's a good amount. But if you can't stomach that, and trust me, I am not an organ meat lover. I think it tastes absolutely terrible. But I do (laughs) like the brown sugar. What brand is that? U.S. Wellness Meats. That stuff is really good with a little bit of mustard. It tastes like sausage. I really enjoy that. But if you can't even do that, and we'll provide the website if you'd like to go check out that brown sugar. But if you can't do that, I do also really love the Vital Proteins beef liver capsules. If you're going to take a multivitamin and you think that's probably necessary in your life because you're just, no matter how hard you try, can't get this nutrient-dense diet down, take that. It will be worth it. You will notice some really good improvements. I always do notice when I'm taking that my energy is better, my skin looks better, my nails are stronger. I really do notice a a big change with that stuff. Or you could say also, you have the nutrient-dense diet down, but there are some holes. There might be some holes. Like some organ meat holes. Yes. Like you haven't ever had organ meat in your life and you don't ever plan on it. Take the pills. 
it will do wonders for you. And again, this could be something and how I would recommend it is take one bottle. So one bottle I think is like a 30 day supply, take a bottle once a quarter or something like that, where you're just making sure everything's in check, everything's good to go. It doesn't have to be forever all the time, always, but you're having these kind of moments where you're just really in your nutrient dense multivitamin stage be a good way to go. That's kind of what I do with this Braunschwager. I have it every once in a while when I feel like I probably need it. And again, it's almost like this weird intuitive thing where it's like, yeah, I think I need some of these you nutrients. You like crave it. And I'm like, I think that sounds good, even though it's organ meat. Just pull a tube right out of the freezer. Exactly. And it's delicious. Little mustard, nice little snack. All right. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Oh man, I think we did it think we did it. Again, take all of this, please, with a grain of salt and really just giving you the information and the push that you need to do your own research, talk to your own healthcare professional, and do what you need to do for your body. And if you'd like to know the supplements that I recommend that we talked about today, these specific ones, make sure to get that PDF. You'll get all the links, all the information, and a little discount just for you. So you can head to my website, seanminer.com under podcast to do so or check out the show notes. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.